Before we start the podcast, we'd like to pay our respects to the traditional custodians of the land on which we're recording, the Bunurong people of the Kulin Nation. We pay our respects to their elders past and present. Sovereignty was never ceded. You never believe this now. Hello, welcome to You'll Never Believe This But, our podcast all about unbelievable stories, um, sometimes ours, hopefully mostly yours, uh, stories that you might have told people before that they didn't believe or stories that you've kept to yourself because you know that they're unbelievable. Anyway, my name's Kirsty Wiebeck and I'm joined by my wonderful co-host, Cal Wilson. That's true. And we're excited to present another episode to you. Now, obviously, this is a different podcast to You'll Never Believe This But, which is the Aldi version of I can't believe it's not butter. (laughs) Don't think about that too much. The logic really doesn't work. We want to hear about your bizarre coincidences, your UFO sightings, your ghost stories, your unwitnessed holes in one, anything that has happened to you that is true that no one else believes. Yeah. We're getting some ripper stories in as well, so keep them coming. We love it. Thank you. Now, I've got a quiz for you, Kirsty Webeck, as we like to start this podcast. Uh, It's about celebrities. Beautiful. Um, medieval celebrities, though. That's, <laughs> I know you're, you're very strong on that that time period. Uh, okay, so I'm going to give you three questions. Okay. And it's multiple choice. Uh, it's about celebrities. Which of these celebrities worked as a lion tamer before they got famous? Was oh. it Clint Eastwood, Christopher Walken, or Jean-Claude Van Damme? Clint Eastwood, Christopher Walken, or Jean-Claude Van Damme worked as a lion tamer. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is something I used to know, which is oddly unhelpful. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's the thought does count, but in this case, yeah. it doesn't count. Yeah, I need to currently know it for yeah. to really matter. Yeah. You know, um, okay, uh, Christopher Walken, Clint Eastwood, Jean Claude Van Damme, Christopher Walken. Now, what makes you that Christopher Walken? Uh, quirky character. Interesting. Uh, what about Jean-Claude Van Damme and Clint Eastwood's physical prowess? Yeah. I mean, if I were in the audience at the circus mm-hmm. and a lion tamer came out and they were built like Jean-Claude Van Damme, mm-hmm. I'd be like, oh, yeah, he'll keep the lion away from me. Yeah, I'd be like, you don't need the lions. You're relying too much on the animals. Just come out be yourself. Yeah. Why doesn't he come out and just <laughs> get up on a middle drum? <laughs> Like, that's what they do, isn't it? Yep. They're like, please jump up here, and then the lion does it. Yep. And, and then they jump through a ring of fire. Yep. And as they I understand make it, it roar. They make it roar. Yeah. Jean Claude Van Damme could roar. He could. Also, if he roared, I'd be like, yep, yeah, that was 50 bucks well spent. Yeah, nice. Um, here's a trivial piece of information about big cats mm. uh, they can either purr or roar, but they can't do both. Wow. So cheetahs purr, but lions roar. That is interesting. Mm. Not also not the answer to the question. But. Here's an interesting fact about um, big cats as well. Uh, some of them roam around in the Otways. <laughs> <laughs> here's a fact. Here's a fact about big cats. Uh, some of them are real, and some of them have been seen by Kirsty Weebeck. Uh, so, <laughs> so, which of these celebrities worked as a lion taming? A final answer: Clint Eastwood, Christopher Walken, Jean-Claude Van Damme. You've you've 
sent me into a tailspin on purpose. I like I, I genuinely have. All, all of our years of friendship have led up to this point. Um, I play you a getting long to game. know me, yep. yeah. <laughs> getting to know me and how my brain works. Yep. Um, okay, um, I'm going to stick with Christopher Walken. Okay, I respect that because you're right. Oh, so, oh my gosh, which makes you incredibly conniving. It does, doesn't it? I'm really yeah. showing my true character. Um, so I think as a teenager he worked briefly for a circus. As a teenager, as a obviously. Teenager. Obviously. Like so, <laughs> Here in Australia when I was growing up, we always talked about how we either went into like the retail stream mm-hmm. of your first jobs while you're in school or like the hospitality stream. Yep. So most of my friends worked at Macca's, right? I worked at Woolies. I worked at Woolies as well. Good work. Yep. I was. I worked in the deli. I still maintain, people think I'm joking, but I still maintain it's the best job I ever had. It's true. It was a hoot. We had such a fun time in the mm. deli. My overseas travels cut into the joy that I experienced. Oh, wow. What a shame. Yeah. <laughs> what a shame. I loved working in the deli. Anyway, the point that I was trying to make in a long convoluted fashion, which is very much on brand for me, getting stuck in the weeds, is I love the idea that it was just a stream to work in the yeah. circus in the walk-in household. You can work in the library, you can go and get a job at the supermarket, or you can run away and join the circus. <laughs> <laughs> Here, here's your here's your tiny red polka-dotted bag on the end of a stick. Off you go. <laughs> also, you know what I said before about how confident I'd feel if somebody built like Jean-Claude Van Damme walked out while you are at the yeah. circus. And, but the, uh, also, when we're talking about that, we're talking about Jean-Claude Van Damme in his current form. Yeah. <laughs> like, like when this would have happened pre-Hollywood, he just would have been a small boy also. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Christopher Walken at 14 coming out and being like, hello, don't worry, everyone, I'm wrangling this lion. I'd be like, no, I yeah. need to go. Yeah. Yeah, there'd be an air of menace. Yeah. Added Carol, and no teenager like, should be at the helm no. of that. Have, have you met teenagers? I've made one. You've you've yeah. made a teenager. I used I to teach them, and they could not handle their math yeah, textbook. Why would you put them let them alone. Of a lion. Yeah, no. They they. I'd put a toddler in charge of a lion <laughs> over a teenager because they'd be curious about the lion. Yeah. Whereas teenagers are apathetic. Right, they don't yeah. care about anything. They'd be out there with their shoulders slumped, just being like. And you know, I'm generalising. Some teenagers care <sighs> about stuff. <sighs> Rolling their eyes. <sighs> Like the line doesn't roar loud enough and they're like, oh. Can you please go through the hoop? Go oh. through the hoop. No. Oh, my God. The boss yeah. is going to whinge at me. Oh, my oh. God. Go through the hoop. <laughs> We've done this so many times. This sucks. Oh, I'll go through the hoop. <laughs> <laughs> right, your second celebrity question is, which of these celebrities was a firefighter before they got famous? Was, it, was it Brad Pitt? Was it Steve Bashimi or Bashimi? Or Tom Hanks. Oh. Brad Pitt, Steve Buscemi, Tom Hanks. This is a hard one as well because immediately when you hear that question, like I just instantly saw Brad Pitt on a firefighter's calendar, <laughs> which is horrible and I'm not usually so swift to objectify people. <laughs> Unless they're Brad Pitt or a firefighter. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, Steve Buscemi. Why Steve Buscemi? Uh, feels like a red herring. There you go. 
So what a backhanded compliment to Steve Buscemi. <laughs> you don't look like you'd be a firefighter. Is it Steve Buscemi, I'm not saying anything about your looks. I think Steve Buscemi looks exactly how an actor should look. He does. Like, yeah, absolutely. Like, and and I, I apparently it's an internet meme about Steve Buscemi not being particularly attractive. I don't buy into it. I think you're a 10 out of 10 hottie, Steve Buscemi, if you're listening, which you will be. We're on episode four. There are a few people not listening by this stage. Yeah. Um, Global domination. <laughs> you would not immediately place Steve Buscemi mm-hmm. next to being a firefighter. Okay. It's like you just talk, we talked about Jean-Claude Van Damme yep. before. That's the obvious ilk yeah, of celebrity right, right. that you'd go. But So I, th- I think what you're saying is that you've seen through the way I write, I write questions. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so your final answer is Steve Buscemi. I think so, yes. Correct. Uh, okay, so I have cracked the case yes. on how Cal Wilson mm. writes a quiz. Well, see so here you go on this one. It's in French. <laughs> um, I studied French for seven years. Oh, Jesus. means nothing. It, mean, <laughs> um, it was a long time ago. Uh, Steve Buscemi famously went and helped on the day uh, 9-11. Went oh. back and helped because he'd been a firefighter. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay, your final celebrity question. Which of these celebrities worked as a makeup artist in a morgue? before they got famous. Was it Susan Sarandon, Whoopi Goldberg, or Jennifer Lawrence? Susan Sarandon. Why? Why Susan Sarandon? Gut feeling. Pure Mm. gut feeling. Mm. Nothing but that. Mm. Well, it was Whoopi Goldberg. Wow. Uh, And one thing I read, she apparently said that her boss uh, pretended to be dead and then jumped up and gave her a scare and was like, this is the worst thing that can happen to you, so you're fine. Nothing else is going to be scary. Wow. Yeah. Okay, that, ooh, I don't know how I'd call. feel about it's a that. a big prank. call. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'd love that. I don't think no. I'd bounce back from that very well. Yeah, I, I think a panic attack would be in order if yeah. that happened. Yeah, definitely. I mean, good gear. Like, yeah, I mean. She help. went on to be a comedian. I'm sure it yeah. got a Guernsey on stage at one stage <laughs> or another. But but ha- having said that, I I love complaining about people going, you'd be loving this as a comedian when something terrifying <laughs> happens. So at, at the time I'm sure, yeah, I yeah. Th- a lot of distrust for me with that boss, I think. Okay, I'm just going to have to go and um, cancel something that I'd made plans <laughs> for. <laughs> You'd ordered a panther to come into the studio. A guy in a, a, guy in a panther suit, to be fair. <laughs> okay. And he was going to pretend to be dead. But obviously this is all off the table now. <laughs> That'd be really upsetting to me. I'll be like, the all-way panthers died. (laughs) We've got a story. We've got a listener story. Yeah, we do. I can't wait to share. It's great. All right. This is from M. I love the way that M has started. It's a short one, but a good one. I love that confidence (laughs) in the story, and they're absolutely right. This is how I start all of my stories. I'm like, gather round. This is a ripper. You are going to love this. (laughs) Such confidence every time. (laughs) Okay. Back in 2001, I was working in Bougainville in PNG. It was back in the time of the civil rebellion over there. One of the causes of the war was the discontent between the locals and the mining company, which had been working the island for decades. As part of this, the company's old shipping port had killed off the coral reef. A few years into the rebellion, the reef had started to grow back near the shore and it was an amazing place to dive and snorkel. Now the scene is set. One lazy afternoon, I decided to snorkel the reef. I had spent around an hour swimming around the reef when I noticed that some colleagues on shore were causing a commotion and then something swam past me. Something big. I froze, standing on a rock up to my neck in water as still as I could. A two-metre shark swimming circles around me. 
<laughs> My initial thought with the um, something big was like, it's Jean-Claude Van Damme. <laughs> <laughs> a steam machine on a fire engine. <laughs> A two-metre shark swimming circles around me. Now, the shark had no interest in me at all. It was far more interested in the fish swimming around me. So it was not a surprise when it opened its mouth and caught a large mouthful of fish and a chunk out of the top of my foot. It turned and swam away, and legend has it I walked on water that day to get back to the dock. The thing is, I have this amazing story, but no scar to back it up. My foot healed perfectly. Okay, so the first thing that springs to mind is how infuriating that final sentence is. <laughs> thing is, I have this amazing story, but no scar to back it up, yeah. right? This is me. As you all know, Cal, I'm famously incredibly clumsy, constantly yep. wounded and battered. At the time this story came through, I was recovering from a snorkeling wound. Yeah. On my foot um, that spiraled out of control. So I'm constantly. The walking wounded, but the other facet of it is that quite frequently I don't scar. Ah. So I'll also, like I will, but it will last for a short period of yeah, time right. and then it'll go away, And um, which is frustrating because when I was younger I had an injury from falling over on an asphalt basketball court uh-huh. at school and r- really did myself a mischief on the knee and I had a scar for a good six or seven years that very clearly said hi on my right knee. What? Like it said H-I outwards <laughs> facing. So if I was looking at you, it just looked like in a scar my knee wow. was saying hi. And big. Like they were long letters. Wow. Went away. How infuriating. Yeah, my incredibly friendly greeting scar eventually went away. Your sociable knee disappeared. <laughs> <laughs> um, almost identically to that, uh, one of my cats Throw up on our front doorstep in the shape of a kiwi. <laughs> like the bird. Like the bird, yeah. And then uh, hosed that off, but it stayed for years. And then eventually time wore it away. But it was like a perfect, like, long beak, leg, head, everything. Wow. Yeah. It was, well, it was a cat sending you a message about a bird. Yeah. We, yeah. we need more of these. <laughs> <laughs> this story is great. Thank you, Em, for sharing it. I'm a huge fan of this. Yeah. Um, terrifying. But it's so you got your snorkeling injury recently. Mm. What did you, how did you like kick the coral? Like how have you ended up? Yeah. So where I was snorkeling in parts of where I was snorkeling, the water on top of the reef and the rocks could get really shallow. So some of the rocks and, and, um, yeah, different parts of the reef were really tall Right, right. And and so you'd be swimming along and everything would be great and then suddenly you'd be in like... You're scraping your undercarriage. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're scraping your undercarriage. <laughs> That's pretty much it. Exactly. You'd be really doing some sick gymnastics yeah. moves to try and get over the rocks and whatever without hitting them because mm. you weren't in very much water. And so we ended up with... Um, yeah, both of us, uh, my partner and I, we both had like a lot of cuts, oh. just, just little cuts. And, you know... Um, like, I've done a fair bit of snorkeling. Like, as you'll know, like, I'm a big water person out there quite a bit. So, I like, I know the dangers and whatever. And so every everywhere I had, like, an incident where I battered my foot or whatever, I'd have a look around to see what I had yeah. hit it on. Like, Stonefish or... Yeah, shark. Yeah, barracuda. Uh, yeah. <laughs> with the main concern being, like, coral, uh-huh. right, having a, having a wound coming from coral. Um 
Yeah, so I had all of these little cuts around my feet and stuff and they were fine. They were sort of healing well and the wound in question was over a week old ah. and it just decided, like it looked like it had pretty much be gone in the next day or two. Like it was in the advanced stages of healing. Yeah, right. And then just one night, like while I was emceeing a show, I was like, my foot is hot and my shoe is tight. And then when I got home, I just had this sudden massive infection. Oh, wow. And so, yeah, off to the doctor, hardcore antibiotics. Um, the doctor was concerned there was coral in mm-hmm. it. Um, I had a different opinion. I wanted there to be coral in it <laughs> because um, I saw the state of some of those reefs. And as a consumer in this world, I feel like the least I could do is offer up the base of yeah. my big toe as a reef restoration site. The mental picture of that is so horrifying to me. <laughs> um, because because coral does grow on bone, doesn't it? You can have mm. body modifications where you have like little horns made out of mm. coral. What I love about your story about this is that it's taken like a week for the foot to decide to have an infection. It's like a Trojan foot. Like you've, <laughs> you've brought it within the gates of the city, everything seems to be fine, and then all of a sudden here comes bacteria or whatever, whatever they are. Yeah, whatever it is, whatever's going on what, Whatever's going there. on there. Yeah, this must be the most infuriating story of all, though, to have – I mean, I knew another guy who'd been bitten on the foot by a shark, and we worked together for about a year and a half before he casually mentioned that he'd been bitten on the foot by a shark. And to me, you would put that in your introduction. Yeah, that's be really like, b- burying the lead, isn't it? Yeah, like, hello, I'm Cal. I was bitten on the foot by a shark. Like 100%. All of the time. Like, probably birthday cakes, anything. Yes. On my driver's license. Like, the, there would be, that is the thing you talk about. Yeah, going through the checkout at Coles. Yep. How are you hello. Well, I'm better than I was on the day that I got bitten on the foot by a shark. <laughs> like, he would just totally. I'd be bringing it up all the time as well. Like, yeah. as you well know, I'd love to bang on about that. It'd be amazing. Uh, I had another friend who I'd, I'd known for 20 years before he casually accidentally mentioned that he'd been hit on the head by a coconut and nearly died. Oh, as you would. Yes. Like, like that would absolutely be something that could kill you well, quite absolutely. easily. There's a lot of deaths from being hit by coconuts. Yes. And like he said it was a perfect hit, like, you know, other coconuts high-fiving each other at what a perfect hit Bullseye. it was. And he had like terrible neck problems and stuff for years afterwards, but it had never, like 20 years I'd known him. Wow. He'd just never come up in conversation. Yeah, it's funny things that just become a part of a person yeah. that they forget. Are interesting. Like, yeah, and they probably talk about it for like a couple of years after mm. and then they're just like, well, that's just a thing that happened in the past. But you're like, no, tell me everything. Like Everything. W- set aside your entire weekend because <laughs> yeah. I'm coming over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm coming over for a 72-hour sleepover and I will quiz you for that yeah. whole duration. Absolutely. If no one's sleeping. Holiday photos, whatever you've got, whatever, whatever um, accompanying evidence. Yeah, uh, the husk of the coconut, yeah. absolutely. And it, some of the juice of the coconut will do. Yeah. Absolutely. But but saying that, like uh, that that last bit that you just said is bang on and that's why the scar thing's annoying. Mm. The first thing people want is visual evidence. Yes. So I'm loath to go back to the Otway pants up, <laughs> but I will. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so I was talking about how I'm in a Facebook group mm-hmm. for big cat sightings. Yep. And the most common thing that comes up is whenever people tell their story in this group, 20 people immediately will be like, well, where are the photos? If all of these people have seen a big cat, where are the photos? And that's what deniers, like, hang their hat on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If all of these people are seeing big cats all the time, why are there no photos? But as we've discussed previously about how often your brain just shuts down or just accepts what's before you or whatever, I can... Honestly, tell you, if I saw the Otway Panther again, 
<laughs> if I may, tomorrow, even though I am now glued to my smartphone and it's mm. most often on me, I promise you that it would not occur to me to reach for the phone yeah, and yeah, take a photo. Yeah, because you so in the moment. It just would, like, it, yeah, yeah, it wouldn't. It genuinely wouldn't. That's the thing. People yeah. like this. And so M is like I don't have a scar to show for it. And what would be the first thing people want? <gasps> show me the scar. Absolutely. But does that not tell you how sharp a shark's teeth are and that they've beautifully sliced? Yeah, like it's so of, clean. Yeah, like sashimi. Like they've gone such a clean <laughs> cut to M's foot that there's no scar. I wish there was a bit more information about how M handled it. I mean, it says here it turned and swam away and legend has has it that I walked on water that day to get back to the dock. Yeah. So that's a pretty good indication, but I would not handle it well. No. Like if this were my story, I wouldn't bother submitting it because all of the listeners and you and I would have heard my reaction at the time, so this story <laughs> wouldn't be new. <laughs> Everyone would be like, this feels like I was there. And then they'd all remember that they heard me screaming yeah. across the ocean. <laughs> Absolutely. And like, I'd like to know if Emma ever went back in the water again. Yeah. Or if, like, she just hasn't had a bath since. Like, like, <laughs> like would that just, that would just put me off the sea. He's, like, incredibly dehydrated. Like, M won't even have a sip of water. <laughs> there could have been a shark in it. <laughs> I mean, it's amazing. What an amazing story. It is an amazing story. And I like the extra layer about not having a scar because that, you know, this whole podcast is about unbelievable yep. stories. And M would have told people this story in the past who would have been on board. Yeah. But then would have turned into skeptics as a yes. result. If a shark bit you, you're definitely going to have a scar. Yeah. Like there's no way this story's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where I like I'm fully aware that bad things can happen to you and you can have no scars. Mm. But I've also myself told stories in the past where I know people are just like, well, pfft, that's c- clearly yeah. untrue. Yeah. You would definitely have scars on your body from it. And it's like skin doesn't work that way. Mm. But different people react differently yeah. to things. Yeah. Um, it also makes me think of how, like, knowing that feeling of telling the truth and people not believing you. A few years ago, um, Chris rang me, my husband rang me, and went, oh, my God, the cat just said hello. <laughs> and I was like, what are you talking about? He goes, Spooky just walked in here and said hello. And I was like, what are you what are you talking about? He goes, he said hello. And it was just like really adamant that the cat had spoken. And I was like, whatever, he's just done a weird meow. And then a few months after that, I was at home and the cat walked past and went, hello. Like, it's like <laughs> absolutely, absolutely a voice saying hello. And I was like, rang Chris immediately like, he said hello, he said hello. And it's such a ridiculous thing. Everyone is like, oh, but it just made kind of a meow. But it was like, no, no, it literally, hello. Like it literally... <laughs> That, that is so cute. That voice, like I demand you greet me in that way <laughs> every time I see you in the future. Hello. At the start of the podcast, yeah. I'm like, I'm Kirsty Weebeck and this Hello. is Cal Wilson. <laughs> it's so cute. That's so funny because if I were Chris in that situation, I would have felt it. Felt it. I would have felt <laughs> like the weight of the world had been lifted off my shoulders with the vindication yeah. of you knowing. Yeah. And now we sit, we tell it through to other people and they're like, all right, it probably just sounded a bit like a meow. We're like, no, no, yeah. hello. Yeah, and later on they're going to them, isn't uh, Cal and Chris, aren't they cute? Yeah. There's someone for everyone, isn't there? 
I'm so glad they've found each other. It's so good. It's so good. <laughs> it was a close run thing. We didn't think she was going to meet anyone and then he heard the cat say hello. <laughs> That's so funny. This story's incredible. Like, it, oh, the, the chunk out of the top of yeah. my foot, like, I, yeah. Yeah, clean shark teeth, take a chunk out, just heals like there's no dramas. Wow. Yeah. How, That's a good one. How long do you reckon she had to wear thongs for? <laughs> like, are, you putting that, are, you not, are you not putting it in a shoe? It's a, it's a good six weeks, yeah. I reckon. It's a chunk out of the top of the shoe. Yeah. You'd want to hope it was like... I just said out of the top of the shoe, but it, I definitely meant foot. You'd um, <laughs> you'd want to hope with an with an injury like that that it was like right out of the very top, so yeah. that you've got that nice like, you know, you don't want it too close to the toe, so the thong's no. rubbing on it. No, you know? no, you, you want it in that clear area. Yeah, you do. Yeah, I reckon it would have been a good six weeks of open. Yeah, open shoes. See, I think this is when M should have been taking photos. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> although people could go, oh, "You've just got a blister." Yeah. I wonder if M, there's nothing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so we're talking over 20 years ago, so definitely pre-smartphone. Yeah, true, true. Big time pre-smartphone. Because yep. if it were you or I tomorrow, thousand pictures on the yep. iPhone, all over Twitter, all over Instagram. Yep, absolutely, before it, before it even finished swimming away. Yeah, like. yeah, to the mailing list. Yep. Yeah. I'd be doing selfies of me coming in with a trail of blood behind yeah. me in the water, <laughs> like live tweeting the whole thing. Yep. Like maybe it'll be a viral moment. Maybe it'll move some tickets for next year's show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I should have got some sign writing on the shark. Oh. <laughs> I forgot to fly the shark. Yeah. Oh, no, maybe the shark would have come to my show. Um, <laughs> oh, my God, she's talking about me. <laughs> <laughs> this is a belter of a story. Absolutely so love great. it. great. Yeah. Um, if you've got any stories of unbelievable shark encounters or any other marine creature or even on land, anything that has happened to you that is absolutely true that no one else will believe, send us your unbelievable stories at myunbelievablestory at gmail.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, We've had a ball. Hopefully you have as well. And we will catch you next week. Hello. (laughs) No, goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) If you've enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe, rate, review, share it around with your mates. All of that stuff is immensely helpful. Also, follow Cal Wilson and I on social media. We're on every platform. You can search our names and find our accounts that way. And we'll be back each week with new episodes, so we'll look forward to you joining us on You'll Never Believe This, but...